Hey, well, welcome and good morning, New Hope Community Church. Um, it's just such an honor to be here with you this morning. Um, hey, thanks so much for joining us online. Um, uh, it is just really such a privilege and honor to be here with you today. Um, I just love uh, Pastor John and Pastor Renee, and uh, we wish them well as they're on their uh, sabbatical right now. And so uh, can we just take some, a moment to pray for them, for their time of refreshing, and uh, also too for um, our community here at New Hope Community Church. All right, let's pray. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, uh, for this day and this time that we get to be together as a family. Lord, um, your word says to, to lift up those who are in places of authority. And so, Lord, right now we lift up uh, Pastor John and Pastor Renee. Lord, as they have tirelessly um, and, and just really wholeheartedly served you and our community here. Right now, Lord, we just pray that you would um, bless them with a double portion of your blessings, Lord. That you would give them rest, restoration, and uh, just really the joy of your, your salvation. Lord, um, we just pray for this time that they're away, Lord. And um, we pray, Lord, that you would be with them that you would assure them, Lord, that, that your church is doing just fine. So, Lord, we love you, we thank you, and uh, we just bless this church here in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Okay, well, hey, um, you know, today is a, a special day. Today is uh, um, September 11th, and it's the 21st anniversary of one of our nation's most grievous moments. And... Um, we want to make sure that we don't make the mistake of forgetting the things that have happened in the past. We want to make sure that we remember and remember well. Because as we see in the Bible, you know, the, the, the people of God have a tendency to, to, to be really shocked when something happens and, you know, respond well and everything. But at times, we, we, we get a little forgetful. And so today we want to remember well some of the things that happened uh, 21 years ago, and again, one of our most grievous moments as a nation. You know, we look back to, to this uh, catastrophe of 9-11, and um, we were a nation, one of the most powerful nations in the world, standing on a stage for the world to see, to see how we would respond to being the most powerful nation under attack. You know, uh, I'm really so proud to be an American. I am, you know, just born and raised. I'm proud to be American. I think it's even strong in, he in here in Hawaii. We're, we're proud to be Americans. You know, we, 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 we understand the freedoms and the, the blessings that we have just by being a part of this country. Um, and I think, you know, 21 years ago when we were attacked um, by this terroristic threat, um, we responded quite well. I believe so. You know, it, at that time, I mean, if we just even look at the history of our church here as New Hope, um, man, in 2001, because of the things that were happening and because of God's move here in the islands, we had a resurgence. We just had like a, a huge revival of people coming and being saved. There was terrible things going on in the world. There was so much financial strife. There was so many things going on, but it really gave everybody an opportunity to respond. 
And I believe God's people responded well back then. And I believe that God is calling us today to respond well again. You know, um, now that we're in a different uh, age where media and uh, technology are just so, so, so rampant. You know, right now you're watching on some kind of device, you know, and, uh, you know, God bless technology. But at the same time, you know, it, it's the enemy's tricks, right, to, or one of his schemes to be able to distract the brethren and the saints. And so, you know, we have to be careful. We have to be careful in, in what we're filling our minds with. We have to be careful with, with you know, what we're allowing to get into our hearts. Sometimes when we look at, you know, all the different strife and all the different things that are going on in this world, it would cause us to, to, to build a root of bitterness and resentment. And today we want to we look at how are we supposed to respond in times of trouble? How are we supposed to respond when God gives us godly sorrow? We're going to look at 2 Corinthians. Today, it's going to be our text. It's going to be coming out of 2 Corinthians chapter 7. So if you got your Bibles, um, open up your Bibles with me, and uh, we'll be diving into God's Word today. So let me give you a little context of uh, 2 Corinthians, just the, the whole letter in itself. So Paul the Apostle, he's writing a letter to the church. And he's writing a, a kind of a, a strong rebuking letter to the church because... Um, at this time, uh, people were starting to get enamored by the super apostles that were coming around. They were very fancy, they were very rich, they were very impressive in the way that they presented the gospel. And Paul is saying, okay, that's great, but you're rejecting me as the one who actually birthed you guys. He's going, man, this is, this is crazy. You know, at, at the time, so Paul, he was very poor, he was getting arrested quite a bit. Um, at times he was homeless and he was working a lot of jobs and, and he wasn't very impressive. But Paul's job as an apostle wasn't to be impressive. It was to show that God is impressive. And so Paul in this letter was writing a rebuke to the church and the rebuke came, you know, with, with pain from him. Like he, it pained him that he would have to write this to them. But also to the church, they actually received a lot of pain too because it was a strong rebuke. But as we read in chapter 7, we read that the church in Corinth actually responded correctly. And that's what I want us to do today too, church. You know, as a people, with all the things going on, you know, in the world, with all the different catastrophes, sorrows, different struggles that are happening, maybe even rebukes on our lives, we want to be able to respond correctly with godly sorrow. All right, well, let's uh, start off in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 8 through 9. It says this, it says, For though I caused you sorrow by my letter, I do not regret it. Though I did regret it, for I see that the letter caused you sorrow though only for a while. Verse 9, Now I rejoice, not that you were made sorrowful, but that you were made sorrowful to the point of repentance. For you were made sorrowful according to the will of God, so that you might not suffer loss in anything 
through us. Would you uh, fill out your, 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 if you have any notes with you, this is a point number one. Could you fill this out? Pain is a part of the process. You see Paul here, right? He's a father. He's an apostle to, to the church in Corinth. And it pained him so badly to have to rebuke his church. You know, he's like, oh my goodness, you guys are like my kids, you know, and, and, and the way that you're acting right now, but you know what? I have to give you guys this rebuke. I have to give you this stern correction. But I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that you will respond correctly. And as Paul says right here in this same text, he says, yes, and you guys did. You guys responded correctly. You took the rebuke, right? You took it to heart, and then it led you to repentance. You know, I was just talking the other day with my wife, and, and uh, my wife Ayako, she's the best. You know, she's like an angel, honestly. And, uh, you know, we were talking about, you know, like um, our process, you know? our process in life, getting through some of the things that we've had in the past, getting through some of the strongholds and actually being sanctified more into the image of Christ. You know, and we were talking about it the other day and it seemed like, you know, like both of us, right, we kind of concluded that, you know, we were always seeking after comfort, you know, to be like, oh, Jay, it's okay. Oh, Ayako, it's okay. You know, and, and this comfort that we were seeking after, it was almost like, like this opposite thing of actually what God was asking us. Really what God was asking us as we were seeking comfort and healing was that we would be repentant, you know? But what if some of the things, right, some of the things that happened to us, right, weren't our faults? Definitely, right? There's actually so many things that happened in our lives that, that we were just, you know, victims of. But God is also saying, though, I, I'm calling you to not be victims. I'm calling you to be overcomers and to be people who can comfort others in their afflictions as you have been comforted in yours. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 1. You know, I, I just really love this book, you know, this letter right here, because it talks about God's comfort and how it brings joy. You know, and it's not a comfort that comes without struggle or strife, but one that comes with pain. Paul, he was writing from, from jail cells many times. He was writing from affliction and being one who was marginalized by the world and was even being marginalized by the church. But Paul here says that pain is a part of the process. Jesus, he knew that well also. You know, uh, uh, I, I'm reminded, right? I'm reminded of uh, one of the, the shortest verses in the Bible, right? It's in, it's in John chapter 11, you know, um, verse 35, where it says that Jesus wept, you know? And this was amongst a scene where, where Jesus' good friend Lazarus was, 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 he was, Jesus was informed that his good friend Lazarus was dead. And, uh, you know, word got to Jesus. He was, you know, heading into town to go see and to help out, and then Martha and Mary got to him and said, Jesus, if you were only here, then you would have saved my brother. And uh, Jesus, you know, he, he, he responded in a way that was quite shocking, you know, to me, to see the Son of Man, the Son of God, right, responding. You know, and so it says in 35 that Jesus wept. Jesus wept, and I, I think to myself, oh, 
only Jesus, right, can take a moment where everybody is mourning. And, and it was great mourning because a brother, a friend, you know, so many people knew this guy. And he can take it from one moment of mourning to an exact opposite moment of rejoicing. And then Jesus, at the same time, he knew what he was able to do, but he still wept. He took time to actually grieve and allow pain and mourning to be a part of the process. Do you see that, family? That Jesus, he, he knew what he was going to do, but he actually took time in his humanity to, to weep with those who are weeping, to mourn with those who are mourning. And he allowed that part of the process to instill, to inject the kingdom of God and the healing that can happen through him. So pain was a part of the process. Jesus knew that. You know, and God, he will comfort us as, when we go through the process. You know, and I was thinking about the, the, the opposite of that is that, you know, like when we refuse to go through the pain, when we refuse to go through the process, then we actually just really start hurting ourselves. We start seeking after comfort and we start seeking after worldly sorrow or worldly um, comfort, right? And it just leads to death. The next scripture right here is in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 10. It says, For the sorrow that is according to the will of God produces a repentance without regret, leading to salvation. But here's the other side of it. But the sorrow of the world produces death. So what does it look like to have a worldly sorrow or a godly sorrow? You know, for me, when I think about it, I think about the selfish things, you know, sometimes the selfish things that, 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 that we go after in this life, you know? So if it's producing a, a, a selfish wealth, something that's just for me, something that's just encompassing of myself, then a lot of times we know that we're, we're doing something that's worldly, you know? But at the same time, when it's selfless, right? And we're able to have our hands out like this, then we're living out an open hand grace, right, in the kingdom of God. Pastor Aaron Cordero, uh, John and I were both, you know, under Pastor Aaron Cordero at, at New Hope Hoikai. And, uh, um, you know, I can remember back, uh, way back when, when we were, you know, trying to, Ayako and I were trying to get our first place to live, you know. And, uh, you know, I was like, oh, wow, you know, to live in Hoikai, I was like, wow, that would be like such a blessing, you know. And so, boom, the Lord, He started opening doors. We were praying and everything. And then I just started grabbing after these things, grabbing after these things that God was, you know, opening doors and blessing me with. But then, all of a sudden, it was like, such a struggle. And it was like God was just pulling these things right out of my grips. And then I, I was struggling with it. And I can remember talking to Pastor Aaron. I go, hey, Pastor Aaron, I don't know what's going on. You know, I'm really having a hard time with this, you know. He goes, oh, it's because we have to live a life of open-handed grace. Once we start grabbing after the things that God is blessing us with, then we start living for ourselves and the world. But when we live with an open-handed grace, then we say, God, you can come and give and take away, and all of it's okay. And we actually live a life of surrender. And so I'm like, okay, so how do I do that? He goes, 
well, you just have to surrender this thing, you know, that you're kind of grabbing after. So I'm like, okay. So my wife and I, we prayed and we repented. And we said, Lord, I'm sorry, you know, sorry for making this thing, this blessing that you were giving us more important than you. Sorry for, for trying to hold on and grasp after this thing that, that, you know, was never mine in the first place. And as we surrendered, then the Lord blessed us and we got our first place in Hawaii Kai. You know, it's so weird how, how the Lord works, you know, because we can go and grab after the things of the world, right? And we can be sorrowful in the ways of the world, but all it does is lead to death. It leads to more pain, more anguish, more irritation and anxiety. But when we surrender our sorrows to the Lord, it leads us to repentance and salvation. I've heard it said before um, by Pastor Wayne um, that tragedy is a terrible thing to waste. <laughs> tragedy is a terrible thing to waste. You know, we can really allow these tragedies and these, these sorrows, right, to allow us to get bitter or allow us to get better. You know, and, and, and I, I feel like this season, family, you know, it's, it's an invitation from the Lord where He's asking us, will we allow all the things that are going on around us to rise up? Are we going to allow it to, to allow us to rise up as the body of Christ? To, to link arms with brothers and sisters in our, in our life groups, in our, in our ministries, in our community, around family tables. You know, family, uh, we were just talking with some of the school leaders and we're looking at statistics of what's happening right now in schools. You know, they, they say that most, most students right now, less than 5% of the students feel that there's one person at school that they can connect with. Like school spirit and personal pride and all that kind of thing is, is super down right now. Less than 30% of the people in school are saying right now that they have that. And, and family, right now, the Lord is calling us to, to rise up. To rise up and repent. To humble ourselves and pray. Not just for our schools and, and the faculty there, before our dinner tables. All those statistics and everything that's happening, you know, it, it, it's us. It starts with the house of God. Judgment starts with the house of God. And family, I, I, I'm, I don't want to bring a rebuke to, to the church, but I think sometimes we have to because it will cause us to repent, lead us to repentance and salvation. So family, you know, I just feel like the Lord's been stirring, you know, me personally, you know, as a dad, as a husband, you know, that, that I really need to step up my call, walk in my anointing, you know, as, 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 as a spiritual leader in our home. Because I don't want my kids to be a statistic, that's one thing, right? But then at the same time, I can hear God saying, these are the things that we need to do. We need to have godly sorrow, one that will lead us to repentance and not the worldly sorrow that just is because I'm not getting what I want. So will we allow this season to get us bitter or make us better?
because a tragedy is a terrible thing to waste. You know, we're, we're, we're still here, you know, remembering, you know, 21 years ago, 2011, which was one of the most, you know, like when you look at, you know, statistics of, of recent history, people say that, you know, 70% of the polls will say that, man, 9-11 was one of the, the biggest crazy events, you know, that happened in our history, you know, recent history anyway, you know, and um, man, we can't let these things go by without us remembering, you know, remembering how our country came together and started to pray, how our churches, right, they, they started getting filled, right, with people searching for faith and, 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 and hope because of the things that were going on in the world. Family, uh, I, I just pray right now that, that it won't take another tragedy like 9-11 for us to actually say, no, we need to press in. We need to press in as, as, as the, the people of God, as the bride of Christ. We need to press in and, and we need to rally together in holy assemblies, with weeping and mourning, praying and fasting, and humbling ourselves, asking God to bless our, our Hawaii and our nation. We need it right now, family. I, 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 I really feel that there is a sobering call that the Lord, or a sobering invitation that the Lord is inviting us to. And you know, a lot of times, right, this invitation is not about saying yes to something. But a lot of times it's about saying no to things that God is not asking you to do. Yeah. Lastly, I want to close up with uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 7, uh, verses 11 through 12. It's the next two verses. It says this. This is, for behold, we earnestly, oh, for behold, what earnestness this very thing this godly sorrow has produced in you, okay? So this is what godly sorrow produces, okay? It produced vindication of yourselves. So it vindicated ourselves. It, it proved us like, man, we're not that anymore. You know, it proved us. It proved us. What indignation that you guys didn't like what was going on, all the crazy stuff that was going on in the world, you know? There was indignation in our hearts for all of that. It was wrong. We saw it like that. What fear it brought upon you, right? There was fear of the Lord, right? That these people in the, the church in Corinth, they actually felt and they actually responded to. And what longing. The longing to see Christ and to see Paul as their leader. You know, I mean, they, they, were, they were repentant for, for looking at Paul in the wrong way, you know? Paul the Apostle, the one who planted their church, they were looking at him as, 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 as a nobody because he wasn't impressive like the rest of the world was being impressive to them. But it, the godly sorrow reproduced the zeal for them to actually want him again because he pointed to Jesus and he made Jesus look very impressive. And then it says also, too, that they avenged the wrong. They avenged the wrong. You know, they did something about the things that were wrong. Family, 
I think the Lord is asking us, you know, to have that, this kind of godly sorrow and repentance, one that will lead to salvation, you know. Paul says, even though, right, in everything you demonstrated yourselves to be innocent in this matter, verse 12, it says, so although I wrote to you, it was not for the sake of the offender, nor for the sake of the one offended, but that your earnestness on our behalf might be made known to you in the sight of God. It wasn't for these two people, but it was for the group of people. It was for the body to experience this, this sorrow, to go through this pain, to go through this corporate repentance, so that they could experience and then be in the sight of God deemed holy and righteous. Last, uh, last point that you can fill out in your notes is this, is sorrow was never meant to go alone. You know, here at New Hope Community Church, okay, I just want to really emphasize that because it's about a community, a body of believers, you know, a family of believers. You know, sorrow was never meant to go alone. I just want to thank you, family, here, because I know the kind of love that is shared in this church. And it's one that, that will never allow a brother to suffer by themselves, but they will actually come together and, and, and bear each other's burdens. They will come together and comfort another in their afflictions as they have been comforted by God. So family, sorrow was never meant to go alone. And I just want to thank you, church, for saying yes to Jesus and no to the world and, and what they're trying to grab you with but saying yes to this family that will embrace one another in these times to come. Um, let, let's pray as we close. Um, Lord, um, we just, uh, just, just want to respond correctly, Lord. We want to respond correctly to your calls of, of um, godly sorrow. Lord God, we pray right now, Lord, that you would... Um, that you would cause us, Lord Jesus, cause us to respond in a correct way. One of a life of open-handed grace where we say, yes, Lord, you can give and take away and do what you want. And then one, too, where we will respond in such a way that we will right wrongs. Wherever it, wherever it matters to us, Lord, you know, if, if, if we can go and, and restore a relationship if we can go and repent for an action or whatever it may be, or maybe it's just even us stepping into that place of, of spiritual headship of our homes. Lord, I pray for dads right now, Lord, that you would um, cause them, Lord, that you would provoke them, Lord, to answering this invitation, Lord. Lord Jesus, we, we respond to you with a yes and that we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, church. God bless you, and thank you so much for, for being with us today and allowing me to share God's word. Goodbye.